Are you a clinician in primary care who wishes there were better resources to help you understand how to navigate the concept of triage in modern general practice? We'll boost your triage skills with our dynamic five-session live webinar course tailored for primary care clinicians. Led by myself and Dr. Ed Pooley from Difficult Conversations, this comprehensive training covers all facets of remote patient triage, whether that be digital, on-call, or other opportunities. Through this course, you'll gain practical knowledge, exclusive hints and tips, and direct access to myself and Ed through open Q&A sessions of the course. Elevate your ability to manage primary care challenges effectively and confidently, and most importantly, safely. Register now to transform your triage approach at bit.ly slash GP triage course for GP in capitals. We will definitely catch you then. Money is going to be tight with the cost of living crisis. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you some super money saving tips that could save you potentially thousands of pounds. Don't believe me? Join me as we tech enhance your primary care and learning and share some super money saving tips. While a lot of these tips may be suited for those working in the NHS, and in particular doctors, all of these tips apply to everyone, with only tip number nine being more NHS focused. Firstly, I'm not a financial advisor, but these are some of the tips I do that save me money and hopefully will do the same for you, but may be different based on your individual circumstances and you may get different results. So a key place where many of us can save money is with our tax. Yes, I know tax is something we pay, so how can that save you money? Well, the first place to start is by checking your tax code. These are numbers that are coded on your payslip or on your HMRC account, and it designates your tax-free allowance. If this is wrong, then you could potentially be paying hundreds to thousands of pounds of extra tax when you don't need to. And it's especially important to those people who are either working self-employed, portfolio careers, or having to move or change trusts on a regular basis. So that pretty much includes most GPs and hospital-based doctors. I will signpost you to some key resources that will help you figure all this out at the end of tip four. So do stick around for that. Now for tip two, claim back the tax when you can. Now, if you're employed and that's the only source of your income, this may be a smaller list compared to those that are self-employed, but there are various things in particular that you can claim for, like your GMC or NMC registrations, BMA and Royal College subscriptions, exam fees, and various other things as well. However, do check that these aren't already included in your tax code as per tip one. Let's move on to tip three, and that's check your pension. The NHS pension is still considered one of the best around. However, it has suffered from some fairly chaotic processes since the takeover of PSCE and Capita. Checking your information on these systems is really important. In particular, with the rise of inflation, this is going to seriously impact many people in terms of their pension allowances. And in some situations, it is even meaning people are having to pay to work because of the weird tax laws. This is especially relevant to those people potentially nearing retirement age coming up in the next 10 years. So do check your pension details, especially your total reward statement. And details of how you can do this is going to be included in the resource coming up after tip four. Speaking of tip four, this is about considering how much you pay for your lunch and coffee and various other things. For example, buying your lunch or coffee every single day at the hospital canteen or at the local shop and stuff can rack up fairly quickly. And in one example, there was a clinician that was paying over £170,000 extra. Don't believe me? Well, at the end of this episode is a link to the episode I've done with the team from Medics Money, who explained this exact example 
and included in their ebook is the guide of how to tackle all the tips that I've just mentioned for you. And the link for that is down below in the description as well, including a link to their awesome podcast. But before you jump off and go listen to that, do stick around for our remaining tips, which are going to save you even more money. For which tip number five is pay yourself. What do I mean by that? Well, many people forget to use their pay to actually pay down things or save up for things or build assets. And a really effective way of trying to make sure that happens is setting up a direct payment from your account after your pay has actually come in to a separate one that you can then use for various different aspects. For example, paying down bad debts you may have, savings, or investing into assets that will help build up your wealth over time. This is a much more effective way rather than seeing those funds available and having to find them in emergency situations. Let alone talking about savings, we also need to talk about your outgoings, and that's tip number six. When it comes to considering your outgoings, it's estimated that on average about £40 a month is spent by people on subscriptions that they don't even use. How can you check? Well, grab a pen and paper or a spreadsheet and go through your various accounts and check all the different payments that are actually going out of your various accounts that you may have. Do you know what they all are? And do you still need them? You may be surprised to see online subscriptions or other types of things that, let's be honest, you're not actually using. Alternately, there are some websites and apps that you can look at, like Rocket Money, that can help you do that for a small fee. But a great way to save money is to reduce your outgoings, particularly those that you don't necessarily use. So let's talk about tip seven, and this is exploring rewards on your spending. Whether this is by cashback credit cards, air miles, or other types of reward-based payments, these can help you claw back some money every single time that you actually spend money. Average tends to be about 1%. But where you can really enhance is by using cashback websites like Quidco, Top Cashback, or Kidstart, that on average can save you about £250 extra per year, particularly if you use it for higher ticket items like insurance and those kind of things. And this feeds into tip number eight, which is check that something's not cheaper somewhere else. There are loads of comparison websites when it comes to things like energy and insurance and that kind of stuff, but even items you might want to purchase can be available just by doing a quick search. Apps that like Honey can give you things like voucher codes and stuff. However, one of my favorites is a website called Camel Camel Camel. Yeah, so good they named it three times. This is a website focused on Amazon, one of the biggest purchasing places in the world, and it gives you the historic pricing of all the various different items when you search for them on there. So that can tell you whether or not the price you're seeing on Amazon is an actual bargain or not. And I use this in particular for lots of equipment-based stuff like webcams, microphones, and even medical equipment, and occasionally the odd board game. So definitely look at using that website to find out if it is the actual best time to buy something. You can even set the website to give you a reminder when a particular item is under a price that you actually want to pay for it. And this works really well for things you may not need right now, but looking at getting in the future. Now, before I get to my favorite tip, which is for all you NHS workers out there, comment below on which of these tips you found most effective for yourself, and if you have found this episode useful so far, please leave a like below and share it with your co-workers to help them save some money. And speaking of your co-workers, this tip is for all the NHS workers out there, and that's using your NHS discount. Yep, you'd be surprised the number of places you can get this, but a slightly better way of doing this is by applying for the blue light card. You can apply for this online or through the app. And the reason why I like it, well, there's two main reasons. Number one, I do actually find it easier asking for blue light card discount rather than asking for NHS discount. This may be something to do with the way that my job is perceived, but it does seem to be more universally accepted. Additionally, I don't have to keep my ID with me all the time because I can use the blue light card or even better, the app that it has. 
and I would definitely recommend using the app because you can not only use that in store but also online. It kind of works a little bit like the cashback websites for most things online but for some places you can use it to buy vouchers that you can then redeem at other retailers at a discounted price therefore saving you even more money. I'd estimate over the past year the blue light card has saved me at least about £300 and there are some stellar discounts on there for higher ticket items including cars and stuff if you're looking at fleet options. They have lots of promotions every now and again so do subscribe to their email or social media profiles. Just for clarity, they haven't paid me to say any of this, I actually really enjoy using the card. Adding all those tips up, I guarantee that will save you hundreds to thousands of pounds. And if you want more detail about the tax stuff, as I mentioned, check out this episode with the experts, the Medics Money team. And I guarantee that will help save you even more money because we cover loads of tips that we haven't covered in this episode. Oh, hello there, EGP Learner. I'm Dr. Gandalf and I often get asked, what kind of resources do you have to try and help those using EMIS? Because you tend to do a lot more stuff for System 1. And often I've really struggled to answer that question because let's be honest, I don't use EMIS on a regular basis. So therefore trying to help EMIS users is a little bit more difficult for myself. And that really made me feel, well, not great. So I kind of did something to try and help all those EMIS users out there. I went and had a chat with one of my colleagues, Dr. Mike from GP on the Move, and him and I have created a course that you can use to help you use EMIS so much better. That's right, if you use EMIS but you want to use it so much better, so much quicker, and in such a way that means you go home sooner, then check out our EMIS for Clinicians course. It's an online course that takes you through all the tips and tricks that Dr. Mike knows to try and basically mean you can go home quicker. That'd be a cool thing, wouldn't it? guess what? It's currently on offer. So if you want to take advantage of this introductory offer and get access to it now, look at the links down below and check it out. Additionally, if you're a practice, network or wide area that wants more opportunity to use it, send me an email, egplearning at gmail.com. Let's see if we can help you out. And as I like to say, to tech enhance your primary care and learning. Shall we get back to it? Oh, and if you wanted one for System 1 users, well, you know I've got you covered, haven't I? Check out the Learn System 1 for Clinicians course, bit.ly slash tpp s1course.